0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield
1: Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 236th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 748th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of November 18th, 2021. I am your host, the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is a. An- This week's Banner Moment occurred just last night in Bloomington when the Indiana Hoosiers defeated St. John 76-74. We discussed the game in detail on the post-game show, but one of the best things about last night was the energy of the crowd. It has been quite a while since we had a team play with the level of excitement that this year's Hoosiers are playing with. Basketball is special inside Assembly Hall, but it's very special when the crowd roars. For example, when Race Thompson steals the ball, goes down the court, and dunks the ball. St. John players commented afterwards that they had difficulty hearing each other talk and communicate, and they had difficulty even hearing their own thoughts. So, fans, when you're in attendance at Assembly Hall, let's make this just the beginning of bringing Assembly Hall back to the toughest place to play in the Big Ten. Indiana basketball deserves to be back, and so does Assembly Hall, full of fans like you and I. Okay, let me introduce my esteemed co-host for tonight. First up to my left, he is the man behind the Twitter account at IU Artifacts. And more importantly, the man behind one of the most extensive collections of IU sports memorabilia anywhere. And as we learned uh, earlier this week, he even has a mannequin at home that he dresses in different vintage IU uniforms. That's legendary. He is Chris Williams. Chris, you were in the arena last night. Um talk to us about how it felt. Um, did it feel any different uh, in Mike Woodson's first big game as coach of the Indiana Hoosiers?
2: Yeah, it was kind of rekindling an old friendship that you haven't seen for a while. It's one of the where you still get chills walking in. I've I mentioned this um, a while back that if you walk in the south entrance and you open the door and the big burst of air hits you in the face, it's it's just one of those little things that you remember and you know, you, hit, you hear sweet Georgia Brown being played and basket case being played and the pet bands roar and the students are going, great crowd. I mean, it's it's about as good as you can get unless you're hosting a major Big Ten foe, Michigan, Purdue. Um, and it was good. And I tell you, I have not heard a roar for the head coach walking out of the tunnel onto the floor like I have for Woodson. I mean, it was, I mean, even in the 90s, mid to late 90s, Knight didn't get a reception like that. It was just overwhelming. I mean, Cream didn't get anything like that. Archie, Kelvin, Samson, this didn't get anything like that. It was just – you. Just it was a different feeling. It was one of those feelings that, you know, for IU fans, we haven't felt in a while. And it was one of those – It again, there were a lot of full body chill moments last night, partly because I hadn't been there for a long time, well over a year. I mean, Coach, last time you and I were at a game was close to the very end before things changed so you know but it was great to be back it was just it was one of those great moments you saw so many kids being there with their parents um the students brought it like they do every game especially for a big game like this um it was it was a great great evening for basketball all around
1: that's exciting i'm gonna have an opportunity to be in assembly hall um you know on sunday uh i got some uh, media credentials i'm looking forward to being back it's going to be hard for me not to stand and and cheer because you're supposed to be professional i guess uh w- when you got uh, free media but uh and next up to my right all you other voices get out of the way because ryan's
0: got a hundred thousand things to say the shock doctor's gonna go off on coach care how the big Ten. Screw up every day. He's a senior writer for the big lead. His majesty's words are the elixir we need. The only problem is he won't concede the mic to other voices, even if they agree. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all he well, Let me quickly add just one thing about this dude just interrupted his own jingle.
1: Ryan, main man, what is your opening rant this week?
0: It just feels so much better to do this after a win. Not the postgame show, but the weekly radio show, too. And, and you got the team 3-0. If you didn't see my article today at the big lead, um, please go over there and check it out about Mike Woodson and, and where he's got this program headed. And, and I just felt last night with that crowd and the way that you know everything played out, that it just feels like there's hope in Bloomington again for the first time in a really long time. I don't know when the last time I felt that that level of hope was, even towards the end of the Crean era when they won a Big Ten title. there It, it was almost like you were waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole time. It feels like this program is finally moving forward after being stuck in the mud for a really long time. Uh, I recommend anyone go read that. I, 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 I really put a lot into that because as a fan and a guy who, you know, is an analyst. I, I think that it was an interesting combination of things last night. The team looked like a top fifteen team in the first half. Did not look that way in the second half. Managed to still find a way to win, and 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 beat what I think is going to be a pretty tough opponent during the season. I think I think St. John's is going to be pretty darn good. Um, it, it was encouraging. There's a lot to build on here, though, and over the next few games, they got to fix a lot of things, and they got to fix you know, when they get a lead, not letting teams come back on them. And so I think that's the next evolution here is not only just start well, but in the second half, you got to close well, and you got to start the second half, right. And you gotta, you gotta not let an opponent close that gap. And uh, then you look at the recruiting stuff and and it's a lot of positives too. So it just feels like the program is, is slowly starting to get on track and, and, uh, you know, hopefully it keeps up. We've been fooled before, but there just seems to be something different this time that that feels very positive and and some momentum heading in the right direction.
1: Uh, I, I agree. There's just something. Both of you mentioned different things, but it just feels um, like old times. And I know it's only three games in, but. You know, uh, let's let's keep that vibe going. Here's what we're going to cover this week. We're going to talk a little bit more IU St. John's talk. Uh, Chris was in the building. Uh, I was not on the postgame show. I got a, a few thoughts uh, on IU versus St. John's section. Uh, segment two is going to be Gabe Cup's scouting report. Really excited about this young man being an Indiana Hoosier. Uh, I can't wait to dive into some film and, and do that. That's usually Ryan and Tony Adranya's job now, uh, I, but I want to go watch it. Uh, That's exciting, and then uh, again, the community members did a great job. We actually had way too many questions today. We're going to pair some back. Please don't be upset with us if we don't get uh, to your question. But you're doing a great job of of bringing us um, uh, you know material. So all that is coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. This edition of Assembly Call Radio is presented by our friends at Homefield Apparel. And in case you missed it, they just did a brand refresh for Indiana that includes three fantastic new designs, each of which would be a great Christmas present for the IU fan in your your life, in your family. They also released a red t-shirt with the IDS logo emblazoned on it and are pledging 100% of the proceeds to the IDS, which has been struggling financially. Uh, So make that a consideration as well. Also remember, uh, first-time customers can get 15% off with our promo code HOME. That's H-O-M-E for 15%. Off at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team.
2: Did you just order another shirt from Homefield Apparel?
1: Yes, Mrs. Tonsoni. I actually ordered two this week, uh, and so should all of you. Go order uh, two this week and order two next week. Thanks, uh, Homefield Apparel, for all that you do. Okay, back to uh, the the Hoosier headlines. Um, some IU Saint John's. Uh, Takeaways, Chris, I'm going to come to you. Uh, You talked a little bit about the roar for Mike Woodson. You you talked about the atmosphere of getting into students being there, but let's talk a little bit about the action on the court. Uh, What kind of takeaways do do you uh, have from last night's uh, ball game?
2: The first thing that was really obvious is that Trace is much more of a vocal leader this year. It's his team. I think that that's pretty much a given considering if you're going to come back for a third year, and Woodson's time to work on and you're going to put your heart and soul into it. It's your team. Um, it seemed to me that he was, you know, especially vocal on inbounds plays, especially vocal mounts, which was great to see. I think that's something that we've kind of missed is the identity of a floor leader. Doesn't always have to be the point guard. Um, we can obviously talk about Xavier John um, in a few minutes, but that was the, that was the key thing for me is, is his, his presence was just so much more lively. I thought that there he kind of got apathetic in games in the last couple of years at times, and so that was a refreshing thing to see uh, out of the gate. Um, but the with this team, as we saw last night, you know, losing a lead like that is being able to get out ahead and get to a strong start, ride the wave of the fan base. Obviously, we we you know you heard you mentioned this coach about. The St. John's players talking about the, the experience of being in Assembly Hall with feeling like you're, they're on top of the players and the players feel that kind of claustrophobia there. Um, that was key. I thought we did a really good job um, possibly kind of breaking their, their press, which really they kind of locked down in the second half. It seemed to me um, when the ejection happened, things kind of turned on a dime and they used that momentum and kind of, uh, you know, cut into the lead really. Uh, and at half it should have been twice of what it was. Um, but the, the things the, the first thing about trace really stood out, but I thought overall, and we kind of talked to this before the show coach, it was interesting. Uh, and I, it was kind of like they were in a, a slow motion scenario when they broke the press, which I asked you if it was similar to what we saw with shock at the havoc, uh, scenario. Um, it was almost like we weren't sure what to do sometimes when with the ball, especially when we had numbers and we saw shots fall, but we also saw, saw some force shots that quickly allowed, you know, St. John's to go back into transition the other way. And they kind of rode that situation. Um, but I'm still, you know, I think the shots are going to have to keep falling. They're going to have to keep shooting. I mean, you know, we're, we're expecting Parker Stewart and Miller cop to be out there to shoot. Um, they're not going to be the best defenders on the floor, so they have to be out there for shooting purposes. If you think about a guy like Matt Roth and Nick, years past, that was their job. Their job was not to be a lockdown defender. Their job was to be, um, was to be a scorer. So that, that was the key for me is still waiting for cop who I thought played a great game to kind of turn the corner and with, and Parker Stewart, but overall, um, it was a gut, gutsy win and they pulled it out. I haven't seen that in the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, Ryan, I'd like to come back to you. Uh, I have not had a chance to read your article uh, about Woodson, but I thought Woodson had a good game last night, but I thought there was some areas – that, that he needs to, to, to work on uh, some late-game substitutions. And you, you talked about substitution patterns overall. And he even admitted much in, in the post game that he has some things uh, to continue to learn. And I take that as a positive. You know, it, it is a different game. He's a good, solid coach. He knows what he's doing. But the college game might take him a little time to adjust. Your thoughts after a night off and thinking about the, um, your article. Yeah,
0: uh, last night I I did say after the game, I thought that there were some issues with his substitution patterns and leaving Trace Jackson Davis in for 37 minutes and not stealing minutes for him at at different points and playing him the entire second half. Um, I still stand by that. I think that he's got to find ways to get his best players breaks. He's also coming from a a league his entire coaching career where he's got 48 minutes to play with a guy plays 37 minutes in a 48 minute game. It's a little different than playing 37 and 40. And so I do think he needs to adjust his substitution patterns. He needs to trust his bench more. There was no reason for Jordan Geronimo to only play eight minutes last night or whatever. I think it was eight minutes. That guy needs to play more. And so the the problem I had with Woody last night, and again, it's, it's, it's a minor complaint given the macro of the program, but in game, this is something to monitor, is he had Race Thompson... Trace Jackson Davis and some other guys out there for huge stretches of times with no breathers, no timeouts. They got the media timeouts and that was it. It, And things started to go badly. And it was clear that they were missing out on hustle plays. They were missing out on rebounds. They weren't blocking out. They were doing simple things you don't do or you do when you are tired and, and things you don't do when you are focused and have all your energy. I watched the game back last night. There were clear stretches where those guys were tired and needed a break. And so he's got to get better at recognizing that. Now look, they won the game. It's it's you know, so it's it's a minor complaint, but it's one of those things where he did the same thing against Eastern Michigan. And and so you've got to make sure it doesn't become a pattern. You've got to watch that back and realize, hey, and it's also on the players too, to say if you're gassed, I mean players never want to come out, but if you're gassed, you know, raise your hand, say I need a break. And and I so you know, a veteran player like Trace knows that he knows that he's dragging. And, and, and so again, at the end, I mentioned it last night, they sort of got a second win late. But you know, if they were fresh, and they maybe got some fresh bodies in there, maybe they don't give up all those points and, and, and give up the lead a couple times late. Uh, so I, I think that was the only complaint I had. Um, I thought the offense moved well, you knock down a few more shots, it's, it's an easier win. Uh, they got to make free throws. I I think that they will make more free throws. I have more confidence in this team than, than any team in the last few years to make free throws. I think they'll be fine. I think they just had a bad night. Uh, but those are the big glaring things that came out. There were guys tired and dragging and I thought pretty obviously tired and dragging and the coach didn't recognize it and pull them out. He's got to get better at recognizing that and his bench to be fair, his bench needs to point that out to him too.
1: And I think they did in saying get Geronimo in late. Uh, My thought, too, was get free throw shooters in late. Uh, You know, you had Tamar was 0 for 2 at the time. Uh, Xavier had just missed one. And those were the guys who were going to get the inbound with with eight seconds. Um, But we as coaches, we we evaluate that stuff all the time. I thought it was a really good effort because I think St. John's is really good. And that Havoc press wears you out. And St. John's shot making allowed them to get into the press, which was different than the first half. So yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily look at it. Yes, Indiana needs to do a better job closing out games and keeping leads. I agree with that, but I also think St. John's had a heck of a lot to do with it, with the way they play. They're going to sure. win a lot of games uh, coming Absolutely. up, and. Uh, You know, it's just a different feel. It looks different offensively. It looks different defensively. There's a lot more energy, and and, uh, there are going to be games where Indiana struggles. But I feel this was so much different than Game One, where uh, when when you struggle a little bit against a solid opponent, uh, that's a little bit understandable. So. Okay, coming up uh, on uh, Assembly Call Radio, uh, it's time for Ryan's uh, scouting report on the newest Indiana commit, Gabe Cups. How important is he, at a building block for the Mike Woodson era? Find out next here on The Assembly Call.
2: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
1: What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back to Assembly Call Radio. Uh, Tonight, I'm excited to announce a a new sponsor uh, for this main segment of Assembly Call Radio. And just like all our other sponsors, they started out as either friends of the show or IU diehards just like us. It's the Superior Insulators owned by longtime listener and IU season ticket holder, Brad. uh, With winter right around the corner, the timing is perfect to tell you. Uh, about their high-performance insulation and air barrier systems for both residential and commercial. Uh, And you know their work is high quality because they uh, have uh, their air barrier systems and spray foam uh, used in IU Excellence Academy. They also worked on the IU football locker room, Marching 100 Hall, and many other buildings on campus. So visit insulators.com to learn more and schedule your appointment. That's insulators.com, I-N. S e a l a t o r s dot com to learn more and thank you, Brad, for your continued support of our show. So now it's uh, it's it's Ryan Phillips' time. Uh, Chris and I are going to sit back and fire off some questions on IU's most recent uh, commitment, Gabe Cups, which I believe to be an Indiana type of player. And so, uh, Ryan, first question what uh, what are the strengths of this young man uh, he, he's got a couple years of high school left before he, he comes on campus but what what are the strong points of Gabe Cup's game
0: well for those who don't know he's a four-star uh, according to 24-7 sports he's ranked number 88 in the nation he's about a 6 one point guard about 170 pounds soaking wet maybe uh, really needs to, to add some weight uh, the strengths uh, that I see our leadership the kid's a vocal leader on the floor he gets everybody into what they need, need to be into he is you know a, a tough kid he's the first one to pop up and say something you know after a play he's the first one to you know sort of lead the offense and tell people where to be uh son of a coach all those clichés that go along with being the son of a head coach uh is are uh, present here um the thing that 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 jumped off to me that he's really good at in both on both sides of the ball. One side defensively, he is a sincerely dedicated defender. He will get up on a guy. He's not super athletic, but he works his tail off defensively. will get right up into guys. will you know, try and guide them off their path, do whatever it can. He'll take a charge. He is going to be a pest to play against. Uh, you know, the kind of guy that, you know, you know how when Indiana would play Ohio State and they had Aaron Kraft and he was just annoying, he's that guy defensively. You do not want to face him. Um, I he's since he's not super athletic, there are some flaws in his defensive game. I mean, he's a little over aggressive sometimes and can get beat, you know, if a guy gets past him, but he can work on that. The short area quickness, things like that can be developed offensively. His best attribute is he's an excellent ball handler who does not turn the ball over. He is in command of the ball. He's not a guy who's going to beat people off the dribble, off the bounce. He's not quick enough yet. He might get there. He certainly has that potential. He's only a junior just starting his junior year of high school. Uh, But he's not going to blow by athletic players. But what he can do is he moves the ball. He gets the ball in the right spot, swings the ball, reverses the ball, doesn't take three seconds to figure out where the ball needs to go, doesn't stand there dribbling while waiting for something to happen. He gets the ball moving, gets it around the perimeter, swings the ball. Uh, when he does drive, he looks for guys cutting back door. He's very, He's got great vision. It's just a matter of... He needs to be able to go north and south offensively. He's not really there yet. Against against lesser players, he's fine. He can blow right by him. But against you know the kind of players he's going to face in the Big Ten, he's not there yet. Needs to get there. And I think added strength, maybe some added quickness, uh, being in a college weight program will help him with that. So those are the, the two main strengths that stood out for me. Um, we can get into some more stuff that he does, but I'll let Chris go ahead and fire off a question.
2: So he obviously, he's on – team as lebron james's kid i think it's team blue chips if i'm not mistaken um so but obviously that's you know everybody's seen like that that video that's been posted around right. with you know, lebron you know doing knockout when he was 14 but you know you talk about his basketball iq um do you see him you know he's he, he's probably a star on that team but do you think he's the kind of guy that is going to be expected to be a superstar player even at a point guard position or do you think he's the guy that will always be understanding of what his role is going to be or do you see him kind of growing into more of an offensive threat when he comes to IU?
0: I think that it's going to be interesting to see how his development progresses but I would think that he'll know what his role is when he gets on campus because he's the again son of a coach they understand that a team needs a lot of moving parts it doesn't need 10 superstars it needs guys to play their roles he's definitely a four-year player like this is not a guy who will be leaving for the NBA early and so Maybe he becomes a star by his fourth year, a, a Big Ten college star. I don't see like a huge NBA upside here, um, just because of the lack of athleticism and stuff like that. And again, he's not a bad athlete; he's athletic, but he's not like going to scare anybody with his athleticism, and that's fine. Guys who don't scare you with their athleticism can be wildly successful. Jordan Hall, uh, Jordan Hulls, made a is making a very nice living as a basketball player without being a jump out of the gym athlete. So those guys, that's not a knock on him. He knows what he's playing with and he does a really good job with it. But I think, yeah, he's a guy who sticks around for four years. If he continues to get better, he could certainly, you know, develop into, you know, an all big 10 guy. If he's knocking down shots. I mean, that's the thing about it. A lot of people talk about his shooting and he's a good shooter. He's not a great knockdown shooter. Who's going at, at this point? Who's going to just bomb you from three all day? He shoots about thirty-five uh, percent. For what he does offensively, he needs to knock that up to about forty percent. Now he, he's plenty of time to figure that out, and get better. Uh, the one knock on his shot I have uh, is that, well, as we've talked about with some guys, his feet are not pointed at the basket; they are slanted uh, to the left, and and you know he's sort of left side forward. Uh, Or they're slanted to the left with his right side leaning forward. Um, And also, as he brings the ball, as he gathers, he kind of tucks his elbow really far in, almost like pushing it all the way to the middle, but maybe a little too far where he's kind of working against it as he follows through. So he really takes keep your elbows in to... (laughs) Uh, an extreme there. Uh, He does tuck it in right to the middle of his chest and then he fires it. Now he gets great rotation on the ball and his release looks really good. I think as he gets stronger, that the extreme tuck will maybe loosen up a bit and it'll be more smooth. Um, You've seen that with guys like in the NBA, Lonzo ball used to have the ball on this side of his face and kind of fling it across. And as he got stronger, he stopped doing that. Why? Because he didn't need to anymore. So you add strength. I think that you get away, get rid of some of those quirks with the shot. But the shot goes in at 35% right now, about roughly 35, 33, which is not bad. Uh, But he needs to take it to another level, given that he's not going to blow by guys on the dribble at this point, he needs to be able to catch the ball and shoot. Uh, And he is a catch and shoot guy more than a, you know, dribble into a shot guy. So, and again, we're talking about a guy who's a junior by the time, by next year, he could be a completely different player, much better, more well-rounded and all that. Um, but yeah, I think the the big thing that I'm worried about as far as being a point guard in the Big Ten is just his inability right now to create off the dribble against athletic players. Mm-hmm. Um, could get quicker, could get better with that first step, um, but 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 the the strength is that he is a ball mover who analyzes defenses quickly and gets the ball where it needs to be. He's great at finding guys on backdoor cuts. He's great at you know. A competent leader when he brings the ball up, he's not you know scrambling to find a spot. He's very confident in his ability to bring the ball up. So um that stands out the most right now.
1: So if we go through his uh four years at IU, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, what what kind of path do you see? Do you see any he to me he seems like a four year guy? Uh yeah, where do you see him uh in some ways junior sophomore, I mean Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year.
0: Yeah, I think he's a bench guy his freshman year. And and certainly, you know, he'll be, I mean, Jalen Huggino will be here, you know, like is it, it, hopefully being, a, you know. And so I think that you've got, that's your point guard. And he comes off the bench and provides energy. The thing he does a lot of is he, he just provides energy and activity too. And, and people will feed off of that. Guy who will step in and take a charge. Guy who will, you know. Scramble on on defense, dive on the floor, and and he makes up for any of deficiencies in athleticism with activity. I mean, he's very much an active player. Um, but I, I think as a freshman, yeah, he's a bench guy, maybe on the second unit leading it. Uh, sophomore year, probably one of the top bench guys because you need a great guard coming off the bench early. Junior year, he should be starting by then, and and senior year, he should be solid uh, as a starter and, and, you know, and this is on a, on on an ideal progression. He should, by his senior year, be starting and leading the team and, and be, have improved enough where he's a dangerous player on the floor. Yeah. Go ahead with another one, Chris, by the way.
2: Yeah. So I did some digging on him and then yesterday when I heard about it and, you know, there's another guy that is brought up that has an offer from Indiana, which is Reed Shepard, which is one of his teammates. Yeah. And he's more of a shooting guard, very highly rated in it right now. But again, a younger guy. Do we see that as those two kind of being a package deal? They've kind of expressed some interest in playing together, but a realistic thing that could happen. And, or could that be a situation where we have like a, you know, conflicting situation with Hood Shafino coming as well?
0: Uh, I think Indiana would be very happy if <clears throat> Shepard came to Indiana. Um, he's a phenomenal player, but his dad played at Kentucky and led them to a national title. So Jeff Shepard. So I think everybody expects him to go to Kentucky. He is incredibly talented, would be a great pickup. And that, that kid, he's fun to watch, go check out his, his highlight tape on YouTube and then be really upset that he's probably going to wind up at Kentucky. But yeah, those guys have talked about wanting to play together and um those package deals rarely actually work out. Sadly, I mean, guys want to do that, but they wind up going to the place that's best for them. And and Shepard is is one heck of a player, and he's he's rated appropriately, very highly. And um, it's going to be a bummer when he's when he's spending a couple years in Lexington. Uh, but I, I think that's that's almost a done deal. I would love for him to go to Indiana, but I, I think that's a done
1: deal. So he's there's a pattern here, Ryan. See if you agree with this or not. That. We're getting a bunch of guys that are going to be two, three, four year guys. They all have a little bit of defensive nastiness to them, and they all seem to really have bought into the Indiana basketball that Coach Woodson is selling. Uh, agree uh, with that? And th- this kid just thinks just it just thinks Indiana basketball smells Indiana, basketball, looks Indiana basketball yeah. to me.
0: You know how seeing Miller cop on the floor makes you feel like you're watching Indiana and in like the early nineties, you know, just watching him move on the floor. And in that, the way he wears that uniform cups is an Indiana guy. Like it just fits the classic Indiana vibe. And, and yes, the fact that he is committing in the very beginning of his junior year, just like Jakai Newton, uh, it, that says something they're buying into what Indiana is selling. Now that class has started very well. 2023 has started very well. You have hit two needs. You got a wing uh, shooting guard type and uh, possibly small forward, given his uh, Newton's length. And you got a point guard. Now you got to find the big guy and possibly another wing. Um, So I think that that's, what you're looking at in in, for the 2023 class. But yes, the fact that those guys are committing early and saying, I'm done, I'm shutting down recruiting. This is what I want is, is a big deal because it says that whatever Mike Woodson and his staff are selling, people are buying and really liking. So uh, what, what you got from Cubs, Cubs, just to sum up um, certainly a four-year point guard, vocal leader took Centerville to a state title as a sophomore. um, And, he distributes and runs the offense well, finds open players, makes sure the ball keeps moving, uh, needs to continue improving that shot from deep. He's got to hit 40%. Given his skill set, he's got to hit 40% from deep. Um, and, again, just an active defender who is quicker than he looks and will be just a pest, just an absolute pest to play against, the kind of guy you love on your team and hate when he's when you're playing against him.
1: Uh, that that bodes well. So th- uh, thanks, Ryan, for that Um Coming up here in our third segment, we'll answer your questions as we always do, so stick around with us here on The Assembly Call.
0: Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire, knows VR training platforms like
2: ForgeFX help students master their skills.
0: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: This is Ethan Happ, and I never listened to the assembly call. Especially the episodes that Ryan is on.
1: Fair enough, Ethan. You're going to have a hard time watching your Badgers anyway this year, so you know might want to start tuning in to to Assembly Call Radio. Hi, I'm the coach Brian Tonsoni here with Chris Williams, IU Artifacts, Ryan Phillips of the Big Lead. Uh, it's pretty fun doing this show after uh, a few years of struggling and off season stuff. Uh, when when I use three and zero. So it's now time for our mailbag. All questions were submitted via our private IU Basketball Discussion Community, which you can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com backslash community. And uh, here we go. Um, Valerie asks, do you think we'll be ranked Monday, assuming a uh, Sunday win? We'll go Chris first and then Ryan. Yeah, I think I
2: think it'll probably be – We'll creep in there. It, it depends on if we have any significant loss toward the bottom end. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if we win the games we're expected to, I don't think that we're going to be wowed by Sunday. You know, it's a game we're supposed to win. We, we built those in the schedule for a reason. We've seen that happen in the past. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It was a gutty win on a national stage in, in that kind of uh, arrangement between the Big Ten. So I would say, yeah, probably 23, 25 range.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree, especially because St. John's was also in the others receiving votes, and, Virginia, and uh, Virginia Tech's ahead of Indiana, but Ohio State lost tonight, so they'll drop down. I mean, they they lost to Xavier, who's who's not bad, but uh, I think they'll drop down. Uh, Vautech could move up. Like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I haven't really been paying attention to how everybody in that group's done, but St. John's was also in the others receiving votes, and Indiana was second in that category. So usually they just move up. And so some teams lost. I, I think Indiana will move up. I think they'll be in the back half of the top 25, back back end of the top 25.
1: And if you don't like where Indiana falls into A P, you can always go to the community and look at the Assembly Call Top Twenty Five, uh, which Coach Adrania, Coach Marlowe, and Coach Tonsoni uh put together. And two of us had Indiana ranked before the Saint John's win. We won't mention uh, you know, the name of Coach Marlowe who didn't have uh the top twenty five, Indiana in the top five. Maybe maybe he'll join us. Oh oh sorry, Coach. I just gave gave that away. But yeah, I I do I do think that uh IU will be uh, ranked and and should be ranked. I, th- I think they're they're doing a good job here. A couple ca- questions we're going to kind of combine. Hooperazzi uh, Joel asks, how do you expect the rotation to change with Trey being out due to his injury? Uh, and uh, Coach Marlowe, with another good question, says Galloway was getting 18 minutes per night uh, with him expected to be out for the foreseeable future. How do you see those minutes distributed, Ryan? Galloway was a guy that Coach liked for a variety of reasons. Yep. Did, a, did a lot of non-stat things. How would you uh, replace those, uh, 18 or so minutes?
0: Well, I think you saw with Tamar Bates playing more. Uh, I think that that's certainly going to be a spot he can slide into. And I think Christian Lander is going to have to play more quite frankly, because you're going to need another ball handler. I mean, Galloway was a really, is a really good ball handler. and can move the ball around the floor, can find holes, uh, can cut through. I think it makes Indiana stronger in the end, because I think that you're going to have to get some of that bench step. Rob Finney's going to have to step up a little bit as well and, and play better. Um, But I mean, from a a strictly a replacement factor, I think you're going to have to see Tamar Bates take on a little bit of a different role off the wing uh, and, you know, a a little more of a driving role than than maybe a a taking screens and looking, you know, to hunt shots role. Uh, And I think that you're going to have to see uh, Christian Lander get some more time. Because you got you got to fill that depth, and uh, so yeah, I think it's an opportunity for guys to step up and get a chance. And maybe, maybe it's only eight minutes a game for Lander, but I think he's going to get a chance.
1: Chris, your thoughts on who replaces um, Galloway?
2: Yeah, you may you may start to see some str- bigger lineups and Geronimo getting more minutes. Obviously, he's not going to be the ball handler, like Ryan said, uh, but I, I think that he presents more, definitely more of a sc- option. Um I, I'm I'm not buying in on his three point shooting quite yet. I still think it's it's streaky. They said he's improving tremendously like that. But I think Bates form is the good. The thing that worries me about Bates is his form is great. Uh the thing that worries me about Bates is that, you know, we kind of alluded to the minutes. We've seen so many freshmen uh just fall flat halfway through the Big Ten season yep. because they just get gassed the first semester. And you know, I think about a guy, you know, I'm going back to the the awful years and early years of training, a guy like Pritch Tom Pritchard who went double double game after game after game was just nowhere to be found the big 10 and again we had we had no talent on a lot of those teams you know we've seen it so many times with um these freshmen that come in and you know they want to be playmakers they want to be instant guys that are going to be sparks but I mean we got to allocate I mean you went 11 deep last night for a reason because you have the talent and obviously Galloway is going to be out for the first future but yeah Rob was kind of non-existent last night and I think you know whether he's not 100% or not who knows there's some speculation about that but um, he's got to be a guy that you know is staying out of foul trouble that's a lockdown defender and he's got to hit open shots so uh, you know it was pleasant to see a guy like Lander come in and in positive minutes look poised out there and I agree with Ryan on what he said that you know he's got to be the next man up kind of situation it can't be what are we going to do it's we know what the plan is who We're going to bring in.
1: I, I think those are all good suggestions of who fills those minutes. The question is, can anyone fill what Galloway does best, uh, which is you know really push the pace, get out in in transition. Yep. Uh, Geronimo's not that kind of guy. I could see him getting those minutes. Bates is probably the closest to that ability, but he he doesn't have the experience and maybe the understanding yet that Galloway had. Uh, I think you'll see a lot more uh, of two point guards in because they can do a, a variety of things. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the combination. And I think it might be matchup dependent. Uh, if it's bigger teams, you could put Geronimo at the three and keep Miller Cop at the three. If not, you might need to move Parker Stewart down and, and have some other combinations. So, um, Jim, uh, asked this, would really like, uh, you guys to discuss the issue. He raised in a thread on Ryan's article. What, if anything is different about this three O start than other recent, uh, three O starts, uh, it, it, not a question of whether it's sustainable or not. Cause no one really knows, but, um, if it were what, what's going to allow it to be sustainable, if it's not, what would be the reason? So, so, so what's our gut feeling, I guess, about, um, this program being three and all we had other, uh, versions of Indiana be 3 and What What's different, Chris, in, in your mind?
2: I think the, just the attitude, I think we've already alluded to this, but the attitude and the morale is there. The, the players don't look lost on the floor. They're not playing a complicated defense that they don't understand. They're not running offensive sets working. They have a genuine appreciation. They're buying into the fact that our coach understands Indiana basketball and wants us to embrace it, and we haven't had that for a long time. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's just, if you have a better attitude on the floor and you have vocal on the floor who are actually holding people accountable in the game, then I think that makes the difference. I think this season, obviously we have the games we're supposed to win and they're under the schedule for a reason, but I don't see anything that's going to, you know, the St. John's game was the one game I think that we were really concerned about. And it was a gutty performance that we didn't look good at times but we won the game and so i think think going into what we have in the foreseeable future yeah we're supposed to win the games where we are supposed to not see us kind of go from start to finish a little bit more consistent but yeah the morale's better the attitude's better and you can see it on the floor and on the bench
0: yeah i i echo what chris says it's the attitude it's the personality it's the comfort in their own skin. This team is comfortable in its own skin. They're having fun. I mean, the first half, how many smiles were there on that floor? How much excitement was there on that floor? Now they got to carry that through to the second half and they came out very flat. half I don't know what, whatever Mike Woodson did at halftime, do the opposite. Like, you know, it was, they came out very flat very. you know, and, and look, their college kids, you get up 12, you get up 14, you, you tend to relax. And that's, the wrong thing to do, but it happens. It just happens. That's why there's comebacks at college basketball. That's why college basketball is exciting. That's why we love it because that stuff happens, but you've got to come out focused with that same energy you had the first half. But The thing that's encouraging is the momentum, not only on the court and, and, and the progress on the court, but also off of it. You're seeing assistant coaches want to stay here for a long time. Like Kenya Hunter, you're seeing guys move here. You're seeing the recruiting successes they're having 20 class of 2023 is almost locked up guys. And it's November of 2021. You know, you need two more guys. You might get that in the next few, in the next few months. I don't know. But so I think it's just this, the the consistent success off the floor. And then you're seeing it on the floor. You're seeing the change to a more exciting brand of basketball to a defensive, a defensive unit. That's playing so much better. You're, you're just, It feels different. It just does. There's a vibe that's different. The crowd in that arena last night felt a different vibe than they felt for a long time. And so that's why it feels this 3-0 start feels different. Now, are they going to go undefeated? No. They're going to lose. They're going to struggle. They're going to have parts where where we come on here and rip them for playing poorly against the team they should have beaten. That's going to happen. But when you look at the macro of the program, things are looking very good for Indiana in the future. Does it sustain? We don't know. You can't predict that. But it feels like, as I said earlier, there is hope for the first time in a long time that things are heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm going to point out, several of you pointed out, but the leadership, I really like the point guards getting us into offense without necessarily looking back. They do look back at times, every every point guard does, but the two times teams have changed from man-to-man to zone early in this season, the point guards pointed right away, and we got the ball into the high post and got a high-low one time for a dunk, got a kick-out three for Rob Finnessy who's in Coach Adranya's film room. If you're not subscribed, go subscribe to that. There's some really good stuff in there. Uh it, it, I've noticed Rob is more aggressive with his body language. I know he struggled last night, but in the previous two games, that fun, all of that stuff you guys are talking about, I I, I agree with that uh, tremendously. It's just a different vibe, and, and I'm looking forward to witnessing that. Um too. Um, Robot asked about the Big Ten. We kind of answered that in between segments. Um, encourage you to go back, talk about our thoughts about the Big Ten. Uh, Luke asked, should we change the starting lineup since we seem to be getting more production out of some of our bench guys compared to starters, Bates and Geronimo compared to Stewart and Kopp? Uh, I would at least uh, switch Bates and Stewart, but maybe he's out there because of defense compared to Bates and so forth. Ryan, I'll throw that to you. Is it at a point where you need to change the starting lineup in your mind? Yes or no?
0: No, no. I, I think that the, those guys have been chosen for a reason. If you look at, they're all veteran, they're all older, they know how to handle the start of a game. Maybe you got Cop, you've got Stewart, you've got TJD, you've got Race, and you've got Xavier Johnson. Three of those guys are transfers who who have had success elsewhere. There's a reason those guys are starting. There's a reason you leave the freshman on the bench, let him come in, let Bates be an energy guy, and if he gives you offense like he did last night, great. But but you know let his attitude be infectious. I I think the starting lineup is exactly what it should be. I think it's what we predicted all off season and and I think that it's the right one. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to change it. Uh, you might want to change your usage of the bench as we've talked about. I think that they need to use the bench more. I think guys like Geronimo need to play more. You need to get Bates. I mean Bates played 27 minutes last night, uh, which was more than I thought he was going to play. But again. Uh, Galloway was out there was you know mitigating factors there but yes I think the starting lineup is what it is for a reason I think it should stay Chris
2: yeah and as they're in fourth grade basketball coach right now my son's team I can say it's it's we we have lineups and rotations for a reason and yeah you know a guy like Parker Stewart does not transfer to IU to come off the bench okay let's just face it he is poised out there I know he's not shooting as well, but my God, the guy's poised. He is in. He he's a basketball player. He's a coach's son. You could tell. He knows what he's doing out there. I understand that there may be some concerns about shot selection, but they, they, they you know, I'm not an coach like, obviously Woodson and his staff are, but they have a system in place where the rotations are designed specifically at certain times of the game, and that's been the case for a long time. So I, I, I'm not worried about it if we have consistent issues with turnovers and yeah, Stewart's shooting 20% from three or whatever. Okay. Maybe we address that during big 10 season as it need. but right now you're still figuring out your rotations. And that's why you have all these sub 200 Ken teams coming up for that very reason to figure out rotations. We saw it uh, in the Northern Illinois game. We saw it in the Eastern Michigan game. This is why guys like Michael Durr are still only playing a few minutes because they're still rehab. This, this is, you know, this is the purpose for why you play these types of games in the preseason for this very reason. I've, I, I'm trusting the system. I'm trusting what Woodson's doing. You know, I don't have the know-how or the knowledge to question it anyway. So,
1: yeah, I, I don't think you make changes right now. Um I, I had the privilege for Delphi Bracketology to 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 go to that other place that you guys don't like, Purdue, and 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 Coach Painter was asked why he brought Trevion Williams off the bench. And he said, well, when we recruit players, we don't recruit players to come to Purdue to start. We recruit them to come to help Purdue win. And and, and I would believe that Coach Woodson has that same attitude. You're you're here as a member of the Indiana basketball team. You're here to help us win. And your roles are important. And and I believe Coach Woodson, I'm not in there, but I believe he's a great communicator. Uh, He's just a no-nonsense communicator, and people will understand their roles. So I don't think it's at the point yet. And I think it's too quick to pull the trigger on a a starting uh, lineup right Right now, and what you want to do is have waves. You know, your first wave does one thing well. Your second unit comes in, maybe is defensive effort can press, get some turnovers, and do some things. So you are trying to figure out what those waves look like and what's the appropriate timing. I agree with Ryan that you need to have a little more substitution earlier in the game so that the you know we don't get tired. I think that's the common theme for the first two games. Scott asked real quick, um, and I'll, I'll take this real quick so we can move forward to another one. Landon Lee will need to get some more playing time prior to Big Ten. I do think that the games coming up, the next three games, you'll see some guys get some playing yep. time as Coach Woodson attempts to find out who can fill Galloway's spot. So I assume that is going to be, a, the answer will be yes, uh, we agree. Here's a non-basketball one, which I think is real good. Uh, Dave uh, asked, if you could have Mike Woodson coach you in only one non-basketball area of your life, what would you choose? Ryan, you want to take that first? Non-basketball. Voice lessons.
0: I love that guy's voice. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm
1: going with. Chris?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think he's he. the communication. Like if you want, <laughs> you need to work on leadership with a group of people. I think he's the, you know, like he's, yeah, he's just a communication Factor if you have a situation where you're not communicating with a significant other or a group of people, I would end for that kind of uh, like those life skills lessons. But yeah, the voice the voice has got to come with it though. Yeah, it's 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 tremendous.
1: There are so many real serious things that you could have Coach Woodson help you with, but I, I wanted to see about how you know he takes care of his scalp uh, and his hair, uh, and some of that stuff, and, and te- teach me how to talk in third person. Uh, th- those are some things that will – the fun things that Coach Woodson uh, could teach us. So uh, Glenn, who helped me hardwire the computer but obviously can't do anything about the Internet that comes into the house. But thank you, Glenn, for helping me try to get a little bit better. He asks, given what you've seen in the first three games, does Race Thompson earn a spot on the Big Ten all-defensive team by seasons? And we'll just throw this one just to you, Ryan, because you are you follow Race quite a bit, a big fan. Is he an all-Big Ten defensive team for you?
0: Um, I think there's a good chance. I predicted – my one of my bold predictions this year is that he'd make an all-Big Ten team. If it's all-big defense, I think I get credit for that. Yep. I, I do.
1: I, uh, I'm on record, So yeah. I –
0: yeah, I think that I think he 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 could certainly do that. Um the way he affects a game on that end is huge and he's starting to affect the game uh you know on the other end too. And so I think I I do think there's a real possibility of that.
1: Chris, um Rodney asks, is it a concern that two out of the three games we didn't put teams away when we had them down and, and let them back in in the second half? Do you think that's a concern or what level are you concerned about those uh, second half um, lost leads.
2: Yeah, I think if you get on some of those Facebook pages and you follow some of those people, then yeah, you're probably already Thursday scenario and that we're not gonna be able to play with anybody. But no, it's, it's about the fact that, again, you're looking at, oh yeah, I can't even go down that road. But anyways, it's the fact that you're still figuring out a brand new scheme, a brand new team, a lot of new players, a lot of new transfers, a new coaching staff. You're figuring stuff out, okay? Everybody wants to point out that Bob Knight, da da da, in the first season, and they went, dah, and then you know they went to the final. I get that. I know that everybody wants to use that comparison, but we can't, okay? The game's different now. The schemes are different. The players are different. The style's different. It'll be fine. Yes. Was I a little concerned when I heard we were up by against Eastern Michigan and we had to basically cling on? Because one of their guys got hot from three and we weren't playing great defense. Yeah. But I I'm okay with it. Figure it out. We're getting schemes and systems. The fact that we didn't falter when we let the lead drop last night and we came back and clawed back is something we haven't seen a lot in the last couple of years. So okay, I'm fine with it. I am I'm not worried one bit.
1: Ryan. Yeah, I
0: I mean I don't know. I mean it's just, like it's it's the kind of thing where the team has to grow. The team has to be together and it has to take time. And again, a lot of these guys haven't played together before it's going to, to take time. I I don't, I don't think it's a concern. I think it's just something they have to improve on. Now, if it happens in five games, six games, maybe you start to see a pattern, but two out of you, they've played three games in two of them. They got up big and relaxed and which a lot of teams have a tendency to do. So it's not unique to Indiana. So not really concerning yet. Um, until it becomes a serious pattern. Uh, but right now, I think we're, I think Indiana is just trying to fi- find its way and figure out, you know, how to, how to play as a team. And, and that's going to take some time. That's why you play a non-conference schedule. It's to develop your team. Non-conference schedule does not determine your season. What determines your season is how well you do in the conference portion of it and then you move on to the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. That's where you want to be peaking. So early on, this stuff is all about just getting together and getting on the same page.
1: Yeah, the the pattern piece is interesting to me too because if you're going to talk about those two games, you've got to talk about game two where they put people away. So there was an example of Indiana being able to do that. I, I did not like the lost lead in game one. That really soured me, and I was disappointed. I thought Indiana would be further along, even, in, even though you're right, they have to grow and they're coming together. Last night's lost lead, I just attributed to that is so tough when you're playing a good pressing team uh, to maintain 40 minutes of high-level basketball. And what really made me relax was every time there was a rush, we shut it down. There was no long drought. There was no... 15 minutes where you gave up, you know, 17 to two runs. The runs were six or seven stopped matched by one of our runs, Matt, another run of St. John's matched by ours. So the response is, as some of you have mentioned have been good. And uh, then uh, Chris, back to you. Does uh, IU artifacts own a Harris? I am going to mess this up. Musid, whatever. How do you Murray pronounce it? Yeah. Do you own his mask? Uh, for, Zinovich. Yep. Yeah. Do no, you own, really. own a mask? Yeah. Is if that you- on your radar? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, if you don't know the backstory, he broke his nose and he wears this Jason horror film-inspired hockey mask in a couple of games. You can find it on the IU archives, but it is literally the scariest thing you'll ever see. Uh, no, uh, that's not on my radar. Uh, I know Harris; he lives here in Bloomington. He's a very successful businessman. He's a very guy. Uh, I bet he has never even thought about that, nor would he know where it is. But no, I—that's uh, not up my alley. No.
1: Sorry, Harris, uh, to to not be able to pronounce your name, but thanks for what you did for Indiana basketball. That's it. We're done. No more questions. All right. So that'll do us uh, for this week's episode of Assembly Call Radio. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call Radio recording. Thanks to Bob Thompson for producing our music, and thanks to John Ringer of uh, rigsdesigns.com for designing our logos. Oops, let me read the rest. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week or sooner if anything breaks. Until then. thank it for me, Yogi Ferrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. You might get beat today, but each day you got to get better. So, there was a page break in there. I, I, That's <laughs> it. I didn't we'll be see here, it. I didn't uh, scroll down. Well, it was down below. I won't be... I won't be here, but there is a show
0: on Sunday. Just to remind everybody, uh, after the post for a post game show. So yeah, we probably be, uh, you,
1: you guys should be right after that. Yeah, we probably um, needed uh, guys. I'm
2: sorry, but I have got to leave. Something get out of here, buddy.
1: Get out. Head, out. So. Get out when you need. I gotta,
2: I'll talk to you guys. Later. Okay. Yeah, we'll bye, see you, Chris. It, thanks. See you guys.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, we probably should have done a Louisiana scouting report, but again, I know I do bracketology, but I do who won and who lost. I, I don't necessarily study the teams, but uh louisiana will not be it'll be a good test it's a 200 level team indiana needs to play well uh and i think they will uh this team it'll have its down moments but uh we're headed in the right direction don't you think so ryan
0: yeah i think so i mean i wrote about it it's it's it just there's momentum in the right
1: direction all All right right, coach everybody thank you guys um we'll see you down the road if you have a chance to run into me sunday come say hello i'll be way up in the rafters in Section K. (laughs) But I'll be in, in the hall. We'll see you.